Hey guys, Dr. Dale here. Really quick before we start this episode, I want to ask you to support our mission by doing one thing. Just subscribe. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcast channel, whichever one you listen to. Just hit that subscribe button. The way our podcasts get out there is by you guys liking it, by subscribing, and of course by sharing as well. So if you do one of those things for us right now, we really appreciate it. We work very hard to make these episodes for you guys. We work very hard to get them out for you guys and just to try to uplift the entire community. So if you could help us out by doing one of those things, subscribe, share, or like every time. I really appreciate it. Love you guys. So so um, for for the listeners um, who might be interested in going into dentistry, mm-hmm. what are the like what are some some key things that you need to do? Because you know a lot of a lot of our usual listeners who probably by now know the things you have to get into med school. Can you just kind of recap that journey to get into dental school? Um, you just have to know kind of who you are as a person. And then when you're, well, you talking about from like from the beginning or kind of like from college, undergrad, because most people right. don't know they want to go to dental school until like college to the most part. Yeah, probably more like college. Like, you know what, yeah. like, um, like, you know, shadowing, like, what are some of the key things they should be doing so and, and how, how are those experiences for you specifically also? So what helped me is being that full package. Um, once you know you want to go in dental school, start doing research on these different schools. So Howard was really big community service based. So I mean, personally, I knew I wanted to go to Howard. So I did a lot of community service based. I was, you know, leading pre-dent program, you know, setting things up. I was going to visit Howard because sometimes it's true. It's not what you know, it's who you know. So these programs, I was a part of the SNDA, uh, Student National Dental Association. I also have the pre, uh, pre-dent programs at SNDA. So being, a, being active in certain things like that, even if you just send emails, being on the email list, and being informed because just like you were saying they have people paying for MCAT people paying for the DAT as well people are trying to get our people into the dentistry field because I think we're on like three percent in it total so that's we need to raise that up so they really want more people in the field so they're looking out trying to get because as of now I think when I recently was at Howard a lot of people aren't applying you know to certain extent so when you are applying they want you to um, get that support um, you know, what you said is you just clicked something in my mind. So in, in healthcare, you know, we always have in, in medicine specifically, we talk about the importance of diversity. What's the mm-hmm. importance of diversity in, in dentistry? Oh, the importance is, is very important. Like I said, like people are finding me because they never seen a black dentist before. And I've seen personable. And when they get in the chair, it just take us to another level because they feel comfortable because mostly people don't feel like they're being listened to. That's the main thing here. They don't feel like they're being listened to. So if that people can see your chair and can listen to their problems, reasons why they don't want to go to dentist, reason why they're scared, and you just reassure them that you're not going to take advantage of them. You kind of explain what's going on, show them what's going on, and be open with them. You know, keep it, let's like say, keep it 100 with them, and they will continue to come. I think that's the most, because a lot of people that's, that don't look like us, they'll just go and say, you need this, you just need this. And they don't get the reasons why they just, think they were money hungry because why I need that? Why do I need a crown? Nobody ever told me that before. Why do I need a root canal? Why do I need this? It's not hurting me. But then if you take the time to explain what's going on, show them what's going on, then you build that trust. Once you have that trust, then it goes a long way because some people just, some things just don't care because they don't care about certain people. And I've seen that firsthand. So uh, I really think it's important for diversity in dentistry. That's the main reason right there because more people will come to the dentist (laughs) once they see more people like them. And you can take care of your people. 
That's nice. So, um, Tuskegee, you go off to Howard. Tell me about your time at Howard, the environment. And I, and I say this because, you know, you tell me you're kind of the guy who did it all. And I know a lot of people I talk to on this podcast say, hey, like med school, dental school, whatever was like some of the most fun times in your life, right? So tell me what it was like out in D.C. Tell me what Howard was like in uh, dental school. What was that like? So Howard was one of my top choices as well for undergrad. So for me to be able to go to dental school there was like a dream come true. Um, but it was different from undergrad because you are in dental school, which is very stressful. It's a lot, but just like Tuskegee, Howard was one big family. You know, everybody wasn't competing to be the top of the class. Everybody was helping each other out. So the first year, that transition period from undergrad to dental school was one of the hardest transitions for me. I found a group of people, found a lot of people who, you know, we stayed together, did a lot together and ended up, you know, after exams, we partied together. <laughs> <laughs> well, what 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 made it hard? What made the transition hard? Um, study habits, study habits. So every so, say a whole semester of undergrad, you have these basics. Well, not basic science. You have these science classes that are, are difficult there, but you got through it. You know, you made it through. But in dental school, that first week, that whole semester is being taught in that first week of dental school, and then you're going on, on at that pace. So that transition was a lot. You can just you, you you're up all night studying. To certain extent, or waking up just depending on who you are, and you come come to find out how you are a learner at the same time. So I, I had to find a different way to study because the way I study in undergrad was is different from how I study in dental school to a certain extent. So that, that's the main transition, hardest transition for people is making that transition to studying a different way and test taking because all our tests were on Mondays. So we study the whole weekend, and we have a big test on Monday, and afterwards we drank. We turned up afterwards and we got back to it on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was kind of the same way for you because we were with the med students as well. So we were like, for us to be right next door, ability connected to the med students. You also had the pharmacy school there. You also had OT. You had pretty much everything, all lawyers, everything at Howard. So we were one huge family. You just had like your cousins on one side, cousins on the other side. And every weekend it was like a family reunion. All the cousins come together. So that was one great thing about going to Howard. It's like, all professional students were there and it was great we all kind of connected all were stressed out I'm like are you stressed out you stressed out let's be stressed out together and have fun that's pretty much what it was yeah man people don't people don't realize like you know to your point exactly you know professional school is stressful you know you are but but man when it's time to have fun like you have fun yeah. i'm not I, i'm not anybody <laughs> who ever drank it though that's so i wasn't going on doing so, but like even still, like just the parties and the clubs and that, you know, mm. even if you're not partying in the club, just going to people's houses, which is probably what I did most mm. of just people just get together at houses. Like it's just so much fun, man. I think I think it's Definitely. because like like you're saying, this whole cousin, you have so many like-minded people mm. around you that understand what you understand. And you know, when you're I um I didn't go to HBCU, but I went to um my wife went to Meharry, so I was at Meharry all the time, right? Um mm. a lot of my fourth year olds just at Meharry kind of living there. And when you're around like-minded people who have similar interests to you, man, it's like nothing better than that, man. Nothing better. Definitely. Definitely. And I appreciate it more now because I was part of SNDA. I was SNDA, you know, I think vice president. I was pretty much involved. And so that is pretty much an idea. It was another program that I did, increasing diversity in dentistry. And you're always around people who want to be in the dentistry field or your mentors, and they all look like you. But now... I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I go to these different um, seed courses, different things, and you don't see anybody like you. So it's, you'd be the only person in there. So now it's like, 
it's a definite, definitely a change, but it makes me appreciate Howard and just keep so much more, so much more. I tell my, yeah. I go in the group chat every time I go to a CE course, continue education, and I'm like, yeah, I miss you guys. I, I took it for granted. <laughs> so, and that's real. And that's something mean, we will get into. That's something you always talk about going from HBCU to a PWI and things of that sort. That same type of feeling, you know. Um, you know, we're, we're planning on doing a summit in Charlotte. I got to remember, got to get you get you out there in the summit. Um, uh, definitely, definitely be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then the transition from from um, school to practice, you, you know, we're talking about, you told me like, kind of why you ended up moving to Charlotte. Your lady was from um, Raleigh area and stuff like that. Then you mm-hmm. came down to Charlotte. So that, that transition, what does it feel like to go from um, students to <laughs> paycheck Dennis, you know what I'm saying? Like the the difference. What was that transition like, right? Because you go hey, you you missing something else in that. I graduated in 2020, so that's the year of the pandemic. <laughs> All right, talk, talk, yeah, tell us about that. Tell us about that. Man, not, so, not, you might not be getting very many people in your seat, right? Totally time. That was a so we're the first to ever experience that. Yeah, the whole school. Um uh, pretty much the United States for the most part. Some like all the class of 2020. I mean you guys, we did it, we made it through. But Imagine going to spring break, you know, planning on coming back, taking all the boards and everything else, but you just don't come back. <laughs> we didn't come back. So I was blessed enough. Like I said, I was always a go-getter. So I was blessed enough to finish all my boards, take everything first time, but a lot of my classmates didn't. So I definitely feel it was very, definitely stressful because, like I said, my fiance, now fiance, girlfriend at the time was um, living in Raleigh. So I think we, I was just there for like three months straight. And we finally ended up taking classes on um, Zoom, you know, trying, trying to do that route. But at this point, most of our um, classes were clinical, you know, trying to get all these things. So I was like, I'm glad I was able to finish my requirements, but I know a lot of people didn't because, you know, for spring break, you know, I'm about to go hard, you know, I'm going to have fun now, but go hard and job my requirements, do these boards, which the average person does. And so that transition that was difficult, but I had already signed a contract before pandemic happened. I signed the contract. I was, you know, I had a job lined up. And so seeing as I missed those three months of clinical, it took me a little time to transition into um, seeing patients. So doing that, I thank God I was personable. I thank God I had that. And no, I took, I stayed at my own pace and now I'm definitely much better. But when I first started, it was a little transition, but I had some mentors and some people working with me to get me to where I am today. So I definitely appreciate that. Um, but lifestyle is definitely much better. <laughs> and shout out to Joe Biden extending these uh, student loans. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely enjoying a little, much, much better. Uh, let, let me ask you this. You said, um, you know, um, you mentioned being personable. I think you said, thank God that you're personable, something to that effect. As a, as a underrepresented minority in the field um, such as dentistry, how does being personable benefit you? You know, so if, if you're a URM, but man, maybe if you're not personable, like talk, talk about that, how important it is to be able to relate to people, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, by staying true to yourself, but at the same time, know how to relate to other people, you know? We'll be right back. My name is Abdullah Hassan Pratt. I'm an emergency medicine physician at the University of Chicago, but I'm also a black man in a white coat, not today. Please come out June 4th to our conference. We'll have a lot of beautiful things for you all. 
if you're interested in medical careers, if you're interested in learning a little bit about ways to improve your community and fight health disparities, my team and I will be leading workshops on dealing with how to save lives, teaching you all what to do in those situations when someone's been shot or is dying. Please come out. There's so much love, so many handouts, and it'll be so instrumental for your future. Take care, everybody. So what I tell people all the time, I say, you got to read the room. You got to kind of know who you're dealing with, what type of patient. Because when I first started, I was in South Carolina. And I'm not the littlest guy. I'm a black man. I have facial hair. So we have, you know, stereotypes that was, you know, kind of already put on us before I even walk in the room. Um, so always smiling. My first goal is to always find a way to relate to the patient to make them smile. I look at their shoes. I look at their socks. I pretty much look them up and down and see where I can start a conversation. I look at their keychains, ask them about their day. I pretty much have a conversation with them before I even ask them about their teeth. So I try and make that relationship, build that relationship we call a patient before, um, before I even start talking about teeth. And that helps a lot. And some people don't know how, how to do that. We have, um, in dental school, we had what was it, a class pretty much, uh, a mock patient where you go and talk to a, um, a, a patient to see, you know, make them comfortable you get graded on it. And I always did pretty good in it because I, at the end of the day, they're a person. I treat them like my auntie, treat them like a family member. I treat them like somebody I'm close to, to a certain extent, you know, get build it. And so once I get there and everybody they continue to want to come back because, you know, they enjoyed their experience. Maybe if I just did a checkup, didn't have any cavities, I still make that appointment great for them, a great experience. So they'll tell somebody else. And it's just your name starts to get in the community as, you know, he's a personable dentist and really cares about you. And that's, that's, true. that's true. That's huge. That's so huge, man. That can't, that again, that's one of the things that can't be overstated, overemphasized, is you know, treating people like people. You know, simply treating treating somebody like their person and you know it goes a long way for a variety of reasons, you know. And one of them being that it just brings you more clientele. You know, <laughs> yeah, because we, we take time and look at these, you know, we look at a lot of x-rays, look at the teeth and office sometimes, and look at pictures. But sometimes if you get those x-rays and teeth are connected to an actual person yeah. and that person could be going through things, you can say, oh, we got to take that out. You got to take that out. Now that tooth has to come out. So it's, some people just say that and then and patient starts to cry because now you're telling this person who's 26 years old that tooth has to come out. And, and they, they're a person or they need a root canal. They got to spend this money and they can't afford these things. So now you have to find a way because that's, they're, like I, I can't say this enough to other people. Like they're human at the end of the day. You can't just say things and expect them to react a certain way. Every single person will react a different way. Some people say, oh, okay, take it. cool. Some people sit there and ball out, cry, because nobody, they didn't know these things because they didn't go to dentists, because they were scared to go to dentists because they hear these horror stories about it. Like even on movies, like I, I always think about Finding Nemo, when they, they drill on the kid, they're screaming, ah! Sometimes that's the only image people have is they're in pain the whole time, so they don't go. And they finally go, and sometimes it's too late. So that's why I'm trying to change the image that we or the perception we have of dentists. So people will come. Yeah, mine was, um, this might be before your time, there was a show called Little, a movie called Little Shop of Horror. I don't know if you've heard of it or seen it. Um, if, I if, haven't. If you have it, you should go watch, you should go watch it. Um, Little Shop of Horror. It um, sounds familiar, though. Yeah, it's an old thing, probably out. I was a little kid, it's probably late 80s or early 90s, something like that. And um, there's like, you know, this dental stuff throughout this dentist. It's a, 
And, and that was the thing that I always thought about when I was going to the dentist as a kid. That's what used to freak me out. Little shop, whole <laughs> but um, eventually, eventually got, got over it. Um, I want to, do, I want to do um some some kind of fun things here, kind of maybe some quick hitters, just ask you, ask you random stuff, you know, just for fun. Um, first one I will say is, if you were a hip hop artist that you had to relate to, like who do you relate to the most as a hip hop artist? If you if you said I am this hip hop artist, who would that be, and why? Dang. Yeah, it's like that. I don't <laughs> Buster Rhymes. <laughs> bust the bust. Tell me about man, why, why. That man was so fun, like out of control. I always have a, he always seemed like a good time, you know, outgoing. Uh, just, I always like Buster Rhymes. Um, maybe not to lyrics to a certain extent, but just the personality wise, I think he was so cool. <laughs> To your point though, the, the, the spontaneity that's spontaneous. I, I can yeah, see that. like his music I, I, videos, he was just always so exciting, entertaining. So I, I, I can definitely see that. I get that. I get that. <laughs> I get it. Um, all right. If you were, this is gonna be random, but if you were a piece of clothing, what would it be and why? Mm. A piece of clothing. Ooh. I had a fashion connoisseur on the show recently. Because that show <laughs> recently. Um, so, I, so I thought about it when I was looking at his joke because he was all about fashion. He's telling me about his clothes. Uh, so I'm like, I'm like, you know, everybody's got an identity with something like what, like uh, what piece of clothing would you be in and why, you know? Man, I say probably a pair of pants. Uh, you can't really leave without them. You can, you know, have a shirt off. You can have shoes off, but you need those pair of pants. I feel like that's the most important in clothing. Pants or shorts. And they don't fit. They have to be a perfect fit, comfortable. I just feel like a pair of pants is a bad essay answer. That'll be my answer. <laughs> that's actually that's actually really thoughtful. You can't go without. It. When I when I was thinking about it for myself, I think about an undershirt, right? Because like kind of the staple of staple of your outfit. You can mix up do different things with it. Uh-huh. Key point that you can't go anywhere without a pair of pants. You're right. So you can go out of tie. I got a jacket. I have a little you know do other certain things, but you gonna have a pair of pants. You might not can see it now. I got sweatpants under this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if you weren't a dentist, what what field would you have gone to? What would you want to be? Could be anything probably, in the world. Probably real estate. Uh, my parents did a wonderful thing in real estate. My brother, he does a lot of commercial real estate, renovation and different things. So I think that would be something else. I still want to do things like that. Uh, dentistry field, the career, pretty much can do as much or as little as you want <laughs> so it's open to doing more other things even uh a drive or go to do other things that you feel allows you to do that so I, eventually i do want to do more you know in the real estate field um commercial real estate, not commercial real estate but renovation certain things like that get your own tv show on eight common garden network um <laughs> man amber my fiance she loves hgtv so when we bought our house she we're doing a lot of different things around here so <laughs> it's, it's kind of exciting that journey um, Papa John's or Pizza Hut? Papa John's. Why? Man, because I was, like I said, I was part of the football team and I was part of all these little uh, teams or whatever. So we had these little cars. So it was always buy one, get one free. And so growing up, we always had Papa John's on the team because we always said we had to buy one, get one card. And I had an older brother who ate a lot as well. So we always needed them too. Papa John's fed the family. I shouldn't be talking about Papa John's, man. Somebody like sponsored me and gave me a check or anything. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have said that. Um, <laughs> shout out to Papa John's if y'all want to sponsor Black Men and White Coast. Papa John's sent us a check, man. Uh, <laughs> um, 
All right, so I'll give you the last word here. Only thing I would ask is that you end it with, and I'm a black man in the white coat, but I'll give you the last word for the viewers, fans, audience. You know, what do they, what do they need to hear from you or what do you want them to hear from you? Um, I say that if you are interested in dentistry field or if you are interested in anything, it doesn't matter if you're not, not dentistry field or not, um, find out, find something that you enjoy and if it's into a career, shadow that person. I feel like that's shadow anybody. I feel like anybody would want to bring somebody on that's interested in their career to bring you in for them to have them shadow you. Um, that was one of the biggest things for me to figure out, see what I want my life to be. I knew I want to be in dentist just because I shadow a lot of people. And if you don't want to be, it's still early enough for you to find something else. You don't want to go into that, do all these different schooling. It does get super expensive. expensive. Student loan debt is real, um, and it will suck that you get into this career that you like. Oh, I really don't like it this much. I'm not. It's not my personality. It's something else. So shadow. My main thing is for you to shadow somebody, um, and then you get to where you want to be. Uh, and I am a black man in a white coat. Ooh. I want them bad like a daddy, yeah. Only do it like flagger, yeah. I'm kicking flavor, no saga, yeah. Hey, I like them blues. I go Janet like Jackson, I got the margin, yeah. It's all about progression, life is like a blessing. Everything a win, loss is like a lesson. Ooh, ooh.